Welcome to Rewind, the Inspiring Change podcast series featuring conversations and connections from OcalaCon, the premier autism and disabilities conference. Each year, OcalaCon brings together a cross-section of leaders, educators, service providers, self-advocates, and many others for a multifaceted approach to improving the lives of people with disabilities across the lifespan. Rewind is the audio showcase of some of OcalaCon's best moments, the speakers, sessions, and stories that make it all happen. I'm Simon Buer. A lot of posting was going on about anti-racism several months ago, June and July, statements by organizations and all that's good. And there's a place for that. But that was the easy part in some ways, was recognizing that race um, or racism is a problem in this country. The hard part is actually doing something about it. Dr. Charles Barrett is a nationally certified school psychologist, as well as a writer, musician, and teacher from Northern Virginia. He's a passionate educator committed to meeting people where they are and understanding, serving, and supporting the individual needs of children and families. And that starts with learning who they are. Do you know my name? When I, when I get that question, um, I try to say students' names, you know, when I'm in classrooms or in the hallways, and also say them in the ways that they say them or their families say them. It shows respect for who they are. So when I think um, kids ask me, do you know my name? It's do you see me as an individual? Do you see me as my own person? Do you see me as, you know, a unique person? So all students, regardless of how old they are, they are unique and they want to be seen as such. As stated on his website, Dr. Barrett's work is anchored by a focus on justice and equity, which represents his unwavering commitment to advocating for populations that have been marginalized by systemic oppression. At OcalaCon, he presented a session entitled Social Justice, Advancing Equitable Outcomes for All Students Through Practice and Policy. In his session, Dr. Barrett helps define and describe the framework of social justice, including why it's important and how we do it. And even though he's a school psychologist with a lot of stories and examples from the world of education, this conversation and these connections are an important part of each of our communities and our society as a whole. Here's Dr. Charles Barrett. So here's our connection. First, how are you feeling? I know we're living in challenging times with education, with schooling, COVID-19, distance learning, whatever your role as a parent, as a teacher, administrator, service provider. We've all probably felt all of these things at some point in the last seven months since March. So certainly want to normalize however you're feeling, it's okay. We are going to get through this time together, challenging times, but we will make it to the other side. So I just want to encourage you with that and also maybe bring some levity to the moment. So today, a couple of things I want to leave with you. I want you to leave encouraged. I want you to feel um, 
you know, feel good about this session and what you're doing as an educator or advocate for children. But also I wanna motivate, inspire you to challenge the system, challenge practices that may not be in the best interest of young people, of students, of children. So leave encouraged, leave inspired, motivated, but certainly also leave equipped. Hopefully something that I share will give you some ideas about how you could challenge practices systemically that may not be um, promoting positive outcomes for young people. Here's our content. I'll start with basically what is social justice? What does it mean for education or for educators? Uh, why is it important to promote equitable outcomes for students? And then how do we do that? How do we really infuse these socially just practices into school-based services uh, to, again, promote those equitable or more positive outcomes for young people? So what is it? Why is it important? And then how can we do it? So social justice is, I'm going to start with a couple things. First, it's not a fad or a buzzword. You know, I think we hear a lot about social justice. We hear a lot about this term. Some years ago, diversity was a buzzword or inclusion was a buzzword. But now we hear a lot about social justice, but it really is a way of thinking that informs how we approach our work it's a process. It's something that we're actively engaged in, as well as a goal, something that we're also working towards. So again, working, promoting, and actively um, enacting things that we have to do, think differently, um, approach our work differently in order to achieve equity versus something else. So we'll talk about all of these in some way, but I do want to kind of use this definition to anchor a lot of our um, time spent today. Social justice is a lens that really informs how we think about students. In many ways, it's a systemic framing. So before we get to a difficulty may lie within the child or within the family, we'll look at systems more broadly around them that could be influencing outcomes for them. Social justice is also not a condiment. It's not ketchup or mayonnaise or pepper, salt that we sprinkle on to something after it's already made or after it's been prepared. But social justice is really an essential ingredient that's baked into the process. So again, it's our thinking that informs what we do and how we do it. It's also engaging, being willing to engage in difficult, sometimes uncomfortable discussions with colleagues or those around us um, in order to really uncover areas of practice that may need to be um, improved upon. So as we talk about different outcomes in our schools or in our communities, are there policies? These are practices that adults are responsible for that may be even unintentionally contributing to these disparate or inequitable outcomes. We have to talk about it. So I, I do think social justice is having um, courage, if you will, to really engage in those um, discussions to really uncover areas of improvement. We often hear this word disproportionality. Um, and it's kind of a scary, you know, the big D word sometimes, but more than an outcome disproportionality is also an opportunity. It's a chance to look at what we're doing that led to that disproportionate outcome or that inequitable outcome. 
Whenever there is inequity, there's always an underlying justice implication. In other words, finding how our practices, again, even unintentionally through assessment, through intervention, through instruction, whatever it may be, discipline policy, how those things led to that disproportionate outcome, that is our opportunity to change how we, how we practice. Also being willing to challenge any personal um, limitation or shortcoming in order to become more effective, instead of competent, I'm going to say responsive. Responsive to me is a much more dynamic engagement, dynamic interaction that we're, it's ongoing learning, ongoing development, ongoing growth to be more responsive to needs. Competence to me suggests that I've taken the class, I've watched the webinar and I get it. I got an A, I passed and I'm finished in my growth process, but especially issues around social justice, around race and culture and diversity, we're being responsive, ever growing, ever learning as we engage with our students and our families. A couple words I want to share with you as we get to some implications, um, diversity, inclusion and equity, words that I think we hear a lot about, but they are far from synonymous. So diversity is simply difference. It's different people present in a room. So by race, by gender, by ethnicity, by sexual orientation, by age, whatever different dimensions of difference that we have, different people is diversity. Inclusion is a step further is that different people together in a room, same setting, does everyone have the opportunity or is everyone invited to make a meaningful contribution? So as does everyone feel included to participate? in a meaningful way. Let's say we have a group project or we're talking about some policy decision. Does everyone have the opportunity to contribute to that discussion in a way that's meaningful um, to all those who are present? Equity, I think, is the goal. I, I know it's the goal. It should be the goal. And equity is not only power, but shared power. It's the ability that when it's time to make a decision, although we've had diverse people giving ideas, hopefully everyone feels included. If the decision-making power still rests with a limited few that may not represent the whole of the group, that's still not equity. So equity is having all those diverse voices um, contributing to a decision and sharing the power, sharing the resources that are, are going to be um, allocated for various groups. So diversity is a good start. It's necessary, but not sufficient for inclusion or equity. Inclusion is an intentional process. We are not going to stumble upon meaningful inclusion or meaningful participation. I went to a mosque um, last year to attend the funeral of a friend's um, mother and my first time in a mosque. And although I was around many other black individuals, I certainly felt different not being from the Islamic faith. But a friend of mine was there and he sat with me. He explained the service to me. What was was going on, what was coming next. And it was hands down the most powerful display of inclusion I've ever seen. It was the most meaningful, intentional, deliberate act that I could ever have experienced in that setting. It taught me that if you want people, if, if we want people to be included, we have to be intentional about that and really be deliberate about what we do to engage them. 
when we don't include people, when we aren't deliberate about inclusive practices, people disengage. They stop participating. They stop coming to meetings or they stop coming to school events, you know, families. And we have to really question why. If people are not engaging in ways that we want them to, we have to wonder, is there something, again, systemically in our practices that may be contributing to such outcomes and really, you know, be deliberate about addressing those. Inclusion is best practices for students with disabilities. We want them to be with their non-disabled peers as much as possible and then reserve more restrictive settings for only those students who will uh, require such intensive support. So with IEPs and special education, there's accountability built in. There's training, there's accommodations, there's staffing resources in order to make the learning environment as inclusive as possible. So I use that to, to illustrate that when we have students from minoritized backgrounds or marginalized groups in our, in our buildings, what systems of accountability can we establish like IEPs to ensure that they are included to the, um, the greatest extent possible? So just again, some different ways of thinking about these ideas of diversity, of equity, of inclusion, in ways that I think are not academic, just some short stories that I think can be helpful, you know, for your growth and development and understanding of these ideas and concepts. A kid is a part of a school, part of a family, lives in a community, um, but also in a certain time and place in history. And all of those systems interact to produce a different um, experience than someone who may not be in those same systems. All of us have these different intersecting identities that lead to a different experience based on what all of your identities are, how you experience the world and outcomes around you could be, could be very different. I'll say this now because I may repeat it again. Socially just practices lead to equitable outcomes. So how we do um, our jobs or what we do in our roles as educators, those practices lead to equitable outcomes. So the what and the how could be social justice. And then the result of that, the consequence of that would be equitable outcomes. Where people are is never the problem. It's refusing to grow beyond that. That's much more challenging, much more problematic. So meet them where they are, help them to grow by providing resources, and then also make yourself available. If you call someone out, even you know with grace, with kindness, with patience, still be available to help walk them through that, um, that process if they do want to chat further about it. So again, two examples of language to how to of how to frame when you are, um, you know, challenging the colleagues that you work with or challenging the practices of your colleagues based on some of their mistakes or missteps. Seek to understand those whom we serve. Who are the people in your school? Who are the families? Who are the students? And what do their respective cultural, political, historical, economic realities suggest about their experience at this time? Children or adolescents, their exposure to police violence at different levels, either directly through racial profiling or even vicariously through family members kind of watching um, police violence unfold in their community or those that they don't know, results in different levels of anxiety, trauma, and other behavioral symptoms of um, attention deficit, um, substance abuse, 
poor school performance, all those things that we see in schools. So again, going back to that larger framing of systems, what's going on around the child that could be leading to some of these behaviors, but having some awareness also of what children have been exposed to the last seven months, especially being home, maybe on social media more than other times, around their parents watching the news, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Brianna Taylor, Tamia Rice in Ohio, some years ago, 12 years old, was killed. Uh, so all of these things your students are thinking about, they are aware of it. And depending on their identities, it may be more salient to them. So having at least the awareness, the sensitivity of what um, students are thinking about is going to be very, very significant, especially at this, at this time, distance or in-person learning. This is not an anti-police talk, but it is a reality that students are thinking about. They're exposed to it, and we have to be mindful and sensitive to the needs of our communities. My students are primarily from Central America, Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador. So being aware of what impacts them in the larger system may be different from who your students are, but we all need to be mindful of, of what's going on with our families beyond, beyond school. Whenever there's inequity, and that could be different things based on your respective system or school, there is always an underlying justice implication. There's always something that led to that inequity, that disproportionality, that disparate outcome. And when we find that inequity and address it, then we promote positive outcomes for students. So again, socially just practices lead to equitable outcomes for young people. Through the lens of social justice, it is worth acknowledging that equity is not a cognitively com complex phenomenon. In its simplest terms, equity is providing people with what they need so that they can make progress. If anything is complicated, it is disrupting and dismantling systemic structures that marginalize certain groups. Inequities persist because in some ways, we have not fundamentally changed how we think, which leads to what we think and ultimately what we do for children and families. So I think we understand the basic premise of equity from the images, giving every person what they need to be successful or to provide opportunity and access. The hard part is really the mindset shift, changing how we think to really influence what we do, uh, well, changing how we think to influence what we think and then what we do day to day. So interrupting those um, ineffective policy and practice, challenging our colleagues. That's the hard work that's ongoing, but I do think we understand what to do. We have to make a commitment. So my challenge is, have you been convicted by the necessity of social justice and then using that conviction to really influence how you think, what you think, and then what you do in thought, word, and action? No, a lot of posting was going on about anti-racism several months ago, June and July statements by organizations and all that's good. And there's a place for that. But that was the easy part in some ways was recognizing that race 
um, or racism is a problem in this country. The hard part is actually doing something about it and being committed. So again, I acknowledge that this is real. It's a problem for my students, for my families and our structures, but what am I going to do about it, you know, long-term? Rethink what you're doing, you know, to redesign what your role can be to ultimately reimagine what um, you can do and accomplish on the behalf of students and families. That was Dr. Charles Barrett, school psychologist, writer, musician, and teacher from Northern Virginia. His website is charlesbarrett.org, and Barrett is spelled B-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can learn more about his work and doings and follow his blog. It's entitled To Encourage You where he discusses and encourages wholeness in every area of your life. You can also check out his publications, which include Today in School Psychology and It's Always About the Children. And in the background, we have some original music by Dr. Barrett, a track entitled Adoration. It's also available at charlesbarrett.org. You can also find him on social media. His Twitter handle is at underscore Charles Barrett. And you can find him on Instagram at Charles A. Barrett. You're listening to Ocalicon Rewind, the inspiring change podcast featuring conversations and connections from the nation's premier autism and disabilities conference. You can learn more about Ocalicon at our website, ocalicon.org. And for more of our podcasts, you can find us at ocali.org slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to Inspiring Change because the need for change is everywhere and inspiration can come from anywhere. I'm Simon Buer. See you soon. <laughs>